Welcome everybody to episode 227 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, um, which features myself, Ben. And I am David, and you've been on holiday, haven't you? <laughs> I, I have, uh, kind of. I'm over here in the UK, as regular listeners will know. I've been doing a bit of work, and now I am sort of on vacation, though of course there's still work to be done. Mm-hmm. I was in Wales for about 10 days or so, which was very, very pleasant. And as part of that trip, regular listeners who will understand the geography of the UK will know that South Wales, which is where I was, is relatively close to Bristol. Mm. So I was able to attend the Lawless Comic Con in Bristol, which was great because there was a lot of Who-related material at the con. Did you buy anything or uh, get anything signed or how, how did it go? Uh, it, it, it went well. Um, I met Dave Gibbons uh-huh. of the, of the D, DWM uh, uh, comic strip. Uh, I did press him on, uh, well, I asked him uh, whether he could say anything <laughs> about the, because um, he's been on set for the, right. for the specials. For the Star Beast, especially. Exactly. He was illustrator for the Star Beast. Uh, basically, he was the, the artist for the DWM strip really all the way up until... Um, the first year of the of the Peter Davison era, mm, okay. but anyway, yeah. he said it was amazing to see his work in uh, you know in film form. Though I mean, he did also draw Watchmen, so he's seen his work in three right. D form before. He's not, he's you know, he's no stranger to that kind of surprise, and he, he really couldn't say anymore, which is fine. Mm. Um, I also got to meet again because I've I've met him at um, at uh, Gallifrey One. I got to see. Um, Ben Wilshire, who did the spot illustrations for uh, the DWM reviews for several years. He's a great guy. Um, I bought a piece off him. What was the piece you bought? Oh, it was a it was a it was a martial law uh, sketch. Well, it wasn't a martial law; it was martial law. Um, so nothing to do with Doctor Who, basically. Mm-hmm. He hadn't bought any of his Doctor Who stuff with him. He said um, because basically it was a kind of 2008 convention um, right. rather than Doctor Who convention. And actually, the Doctor Who panel that he was on was kind of sort of a last minute thing that they arranged because they realised there were so many Doctor Who artists there. And obviously, Doctor Who is a kind of a key, in some ways, is a key part of British comics, which is interesting. Anyway, but he was a great guy. He said he is still involved with Who on a secret project that he literally can say nothing about. Really? Hmm. So that was kind of interesting. Intriguing, yeah. Very intriguing, yeah. So Ben Wilshire, he works a lot for 2000 AD. You know, he's done these spot illustrations for Doctor Who. He's a big Who fan. Um, He was talking about, you know, how the the editors of, uh, which I think in his day of DWM was was Clay Hickman. Um, Clay was always like getting him to kind of remove the kind of Easter eggs from his drawings. There's too much. You're putting too much stuff in. But he said he he kind of really enjoyed sort of packing the drawings with kind of little Who in-jokes. So, yeah, so he's still very involved. He's, He's always been a fan. And he's working on some kind of secret project, which mm. is exciting. So I mm. guess we'll find out. Stay tuned. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was also Mike Collins was there, who has been a writer and artist on, on the strip since the 80s. He is a great guy. I met him at the Gallery One convention in 20, 2019. Um, he was there with yeah. his lovely new wife, um, which was nice to see. And I was able to snag... The uh, fully inked front cover of the um, of the new Dalek omnibus from him, so, which is a great piece. Very, very pleased to be able to buy that from him. Really nice to meet him again. He's just a super nice guy and a really kind of talented, um, kind of senior artist for 
basically everything. And there's not there's no comic in the UK that Mike has not has not worked on. Um, and that ink cover piece is original art, right? That is. Oh yeah, print yes. That, oh yes. Yeah. yeah no. 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 It's, uh, I, yeah. I, I. I. do collect some prints, but mainly I, I collect original art. And um, I mean, Mike just had a huge portfolio. It was interesting because I, I bought a couple of pieces from him. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, but since he, you know, he was basically traveling in, he, you know, he'd flown to LA. He hadn't bought right. a lot of artwork with him. Right. But since, you know, he lives in Cardiff, um, because he does, he basically, his current kind of main gig is he's the storyboarder for Doctor Who. So basically, he does all the storyboards, and um, now can he sell those, or do, are they no, property no, of BBC? No, no. Funny, we, we were talking about that. They are the property of the BBC. Um, he doesn't. He has no ownership over those. At Gallifrey One, he he had um, he was doing kind of uh, booklets where he'd um, where he'd uh, sort of printed out the storyboards, and he is allowed to do that mm-hmm. with the permission of the director and the BBC um, and the showrunner. And interesting, actually, the, the amazing artist was there as well, who I was, again, very, very pleased to meet, um, Mick McMahon. Uh, and fans of the DWM strip will remember Mick as the illustrator for the Cybermen. This is kind of a, a single story back in the very early 80s. But um, Mick, he's been storyboarding for... Ben Wheatley, who's a again, <laughs> yeah. listener will remember, you know, was was a, is a was a film director and also has directed some some episodes of Who in the Capaldi era. And Mick is just he's an amazing, a really really amazing amazing artist. Um, but all his storyboards for Wheatley are the property of Netflix, um, and he basically can't even he can't even show pictures of them. Huh. Well, I mean, I guess he could, but he would have to negotiate with Netflix right, and right. pay them money, basically. So that's a shame because Mick McMahon's an amazing, amazing artist. Um, uh, I also was able to meet Patrick Goddard, who's been an artist on 2018 for, 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 for several years. Great work on the um, Savage, Savage Strip. But he lives in Cardiff. He's Welshman. Mm-hmm. And he has been uh, working on uh, costume visualizations, mm. particularly for the Jodie Whittaker and late Capaldi era. Mm. So basically, he would get written descriptions and kind of sketches for costumes, and then he would draw those designs up so that the showrunner and costume department could see exactly what the design might look like. So he would have been responsible for visualizing like Swarm and Azure from Flux? Yep, yep. I, and and one of the things we talked about was the Jody costume um, and his visualizations of those. He said he got in big trouble a couple of years ago because he posted his Jody costume visualization on Twitter um, before it hmm. was kind of officially announced and released hmm. as her costume. Um, so he got yelled at then, but um, he, I think I think he's forgiven now. But um, yeah, he Patrick, he's, he was a really nice guy. And he, he said, you know, he basically has been a, not really a huge fan of Doctor Who, but, you know, he lives in Cardiff <laughs> and he can draw things. And, right. you know, he's, he's, he's kind of connected to people like Mike, etc. So basically he sort of got that gig by simply saying, look, I'm here. I can do this. It doesn't take me very long. I'm good at drawing. And he is, you know, he's, I, I think, as far as I remember, he said he's still working on the show. So he's um, huh. he's doing visualizations. Because, again, as we know, you see, um, Russell Davis is a big comics fan. Right. So, you know, he got Brian Hitch to do the, the visualizations for the show in the reboot in, um, in 2005. So it was great to talk to him. And then the final who person I had a chat with is David Roach who is a major comics historian in the UK, um, has published a lot of kind of key volumes on 
various aspects of the history of British comics, but he has been the inker for the DWM strip for years. Um, mm. He's inked Martin Garrity and he's inked Mike Collins. Again, kind of trivia alert. Um, having an inker in British comics is relatively rare, but uh, because of the uh, time constraints on the on the Who strip, number of pages that have to be produced per month, they have an inker, and the inker is Dave Roach, um, and he had a hmm. big pile of Who stuff. I already have a cover from him. So even though there were some very tempting covers on display, um, he does all the covers for the Panini uh, reprints. Right. Um, I picked up some lovely Pertwee artwork that he'd done for um, some kind of computer game um, that was published a few years ago, or maybe it was an online thing. Um, so that was great, and I had a good chat with him. The Pertwee Doctor himself? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Doctor Who Infinity the second episode of the Doctor Who Infinity video game series will pit the third Doctor and Joe Grant against the Zabi in the Orphans of the Poloptera. Um, <laughs> that was released in, in 20, 2018. I have no idea what that was. I'm not really right. a, a computer game person. But he did all the sort of cutscenes for that. And we, you know, we talked about how much he loves the Pertwee era. He's always a big fan of Joe Grant and Casey Manning. Um, oh. And um, had a great good chat with him about comics history in general i've worked with him i've provided images from my collection um for various publications that he's done but we've never actually met face to face because obviously i live in america and he lives in cardiff met his lovely wife um we had a chat with matt brooker disraeli um who was on the next door table we talked about jerry haylock and how, how much we love haylock's work on the pertwee era for TV action in the 1970s. And I, I actually picked up a Jerry Haylock page a couple of months ago. So I was showed them pictures of my Haylock page and blah, 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 blah. And we had like a big nerdy Doctor Who three, <laughs> three-way comics chat. And um, yeah, so it was, it was a great con. It's a two-day con. Um, oh, wow. Quite, quite small. Um, I think um, it's restricted to 200 people. So you mm -hmm. really do get to chat with people. If I go next year, which um, I'm kind of hoping I can in some way, they have a very, very active lobby con, or bar con as they call it, obviously, which uh -huh. I didn't go to um, because I drove back to our, our place in Wales to stay. But I think if I go try and go next year, I have a good friend in the States who's a big um, comics collector, and he's sort of keen to go. So we might, we might try and go together. And if we do, I think uh, I'll see if I can stay in the hotel and, um, and do the bar con thing, which... Um, uh, seems to be a, a major feature of Lawless. So yeah, so that's my uh, that's my con report. Well, it sounds like you had a good time. Yeah, it was a, oh, it was oh. a laugh. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a lot of fun. I've not been to the last time I went to a, a UK comics convention was in uh, two thousand. Um, so oh, wow. I've not seen conventioning for for twenty three years. Um, and you know, it's it's just so funny to think back. That that was at the Watershed. Um, they used to do a, a kind of a, a UK comics-themed convention um, at the Watershed in Bristol mm -hmm. in the early 2000s. And piles and piles of original artwork at that convention that I didn't buy that are now worth thousands and thousands of dollars per, of pounds. But <laughs> of there course. You go. Ne yeah. Never mind. Hindsight 2020, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, and um, I'm going to see whether I can go to the one next year. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it was definitely worth your time then. I think it was, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. So, kind of... Leading into, it's a good segue, good good lead into uh, today's topic, which okay. is 
um, kind of leaning into your uh, curatorial background and it your is. interest in collecting. Okay. We've had Doctor Who exhibitions, and you were just one up in uh, Scotland. In Edinburgh, mm-hmm. And putting on your curator hat. What would make a good Doctor Who exhibition that you that that hasn't been done that hasn't that isn't focused on props or target covers or something like that? What what would be the ideal uh, curated Doctor Who collection? Well, and that's a where would you start? What you know, sell me on this. That's a that's an excellent <laughs> that's an excellent question to be sprung on at eight twenty in the morning. <laughs> um, so the first Doctor Who exhibition that I ever went to was at the Science Museum in I think it was nineteen seventy three, and I was a huge. I just started watching the show. I was a become a huge fan and it was and i still remember i still have the badges from that from that exhibition um and i can Mm -hmm. remember it very very clearly draconian costumes and i can remember the tardis and being allowed to touch the tardis console Mm. and seeing a dalek very very exciting stuff i went to longleat um before the fire and that exhibition obviously as, as our regular listener will know i was at doctor who's woodstock in 1983 at longleat (laughs) <laughs> which, you know, they had quite a lot of costumes on display there. I wish that I'd been sort of buying original original props and, and stuff in the 90s when a lot of that stuff was sold. Right. But anyway, so I, I went to the Cardiff exhibition, you know, I think in the late noughties. That was a Doctor Who experience, the big, the big one. Yeah, the Doctor Who experience. That was a lot of fun. Took my niece and nephew to that. And then I've recently been to the, um, to the kind of Doctor Who and Science exhibition up in right. Edinburgh. Um, so I've, I've I've seen quite a number of shows um, over the years. Did you ever make it to the Blackpool? Uh, no, no, I, I, we 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 never went. I mean, Blackpool. Of course, now I live in the United States. Like I, I, the UK is just so small to me. But if you live here, it's a big country. Right. And Blackpool's a long, long away. It's a long way away. It feels from from the south of England, where where I was brought up. Um, so never went to Blackpool, which is a shame. I'd like to have done that. I mean, about my parents wouldn't have taken me to Blackpool because a Blackpool was a long way and Blackpool's kind of a down market. Hmm. It's a, it's a kind of Coney Island kind of place, which uh, my parents wouldn't really have enjoyed that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that never happened. But um, there was a, a exhibition in Tlangollen as well in North Wales as part of Daypole. But um, I didn't mm-hmm. see that either. I mean, again, I wish I'd spent a little bit more time in the nineties um, making an effort to travel and see who stuff though of course i'm back then with no internet you know it was kind of some ways it was hard to find out what was going on unless you were really sort of connected into a fan network which i wasn't at the time Mm -hmm. you know what i would like to see Mm. in terms of exhibitions yeah what which is answering your question yeah i'd like to see a site-specific show so one of the things that I've worked on in my curatorial career, such as it is, is working on site-specific art projects. And a site-specific art project is where you have an artist work in a particular location and make artwork that is to do with that location. So it's a, it's a work of art that really can only be exhibited in one particular space because that is that is the space where it was made. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've talked about the um, generic sci-fi quarry project. No, on, I don't think we have. <laughs> uh, I think we mentioned at some point. Um, mm, okay. Or, or, or maybe I haven't. I, I, unfortunately, now I've mentioned it, I can't actually remember who the artists were, but that was a, a project about a decade ago called Generic Sci-Fi Quarry where two artists uh, did a kind of a sound and light show 
in a quarry, basically kind huh, of riff, okay. riffing off, um, you know, Blake Seven and Doctor Who and every other UK sci-fi show that uses a quarry as an alien planet. But that was a a site-specific project where, as I said, you know, if the, you could only see the that you could only see it at its site. Um, and I again, right. I was living in the States then, and I'm sorry, no, I never got to experience generic sci-fi quarry. And um, mm-hmm. why don't I quickly Google their names? Roy Hamilton and John Rogers, generic sci-fi quarry. An Oxfordshire quarry was brought to life for three public live performances inspired by 70s British sci-fi shows. And that was in, whoops, that's a very small... Just trying to find what date that was. Oh, we had mu- they, they had music from Doctor Who. It was kind of done as a um, as a tribute to um, Delia Derbyshire. That's it. That was in March two thousand and two. So actually, kind of a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, because you mentioned Wales, um, where I've been staying, there is an mm-hmm. excellent museum which uh, which my sister was recommending to me, um, and I drove past, but I didn't, didn't have time to go in. Called the Big Pit. Um, which is in South Wales, uh, and it is a... <laughs> it needs a creature in that pit. <laughs> but it is a museum of coal mining, South Wales being kind of a, a major, major centre. I mean, yep. really, really important place for the mining of coal back in the day. Why not do a Green Death-specific Doctor mm. Who exhibition at the Big Pit? And one of the issues with Who shows in general, and I think we talked about this with reference to the uh, the Edinburgh show I saw last year, Right. is that the props are wearing out, especially for Classic Who. Um, it's yes. all, it's There's this it, a vast majority of those props and costumes are now in private hands, and the uh, the, the ones that are in, in the hands of the BBC are in really good shape. But a lot of that material is just kind of decayed and broken, and you can't find it anymore. Mm-hmm. But why not kind of remake a bunch of stuff and actually exhibit it at 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 the location. Obviously, we can't go to Lone Fairfax because it's not a real place. Right. Um, but we could go to the Big Pit in South Wales and do a Green Death show. Uh, and you could have it be interactive. Kids could actually touch some Green Death and turn, and you have green on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could be green miners showing people around and, you know, just do a bunch of maggots, get some unit uniforms. Um, there's plenty of Bessies around that you could have as part of that. Right. Go to Allbourne in Wiltshire and basically all. Doctor, you know, classic Doctor Who locations are in, are in the south of England, and do a um, a, do a do a demons um, mm-hmm. exhibition in the church in Alborn. Mm-hmm. There is no crypt or cave in inverted commas for for the actual church that they used because um, that was all on set. But anyway, so so let's just sort of lean into the location and do and do an actual do a do a show in that location. So this would be commissioning new art, or would it be commissioning replica prop replicas. It would be, would be it would be commissioning replica. It would be trying to assemble what original pieces are available. And one of the issues, again, you'd have to have a, a researcher doing that, and I'd, I'd certainly volunteer my time um, to do that. <laughs> but that kind of research is time consuming. Right. But you could probably, through the fan network, you know, get scare up some original props. But you know, get stuff remade. And uh, I. I Props are interesting, and there's a lot of people who collect original props. I always find them slightly disappointing because you know they're made to be on TV. Right. They're not real, um, and when you actually look at them close up, it's just kind of bits of wood painted silver, mm. or you know it's a blown up condom or something 
made to look like a maggot. But get all this stuff remade and exhibit them on the actual site. And I think that would be a lot of fun. I, I would love to see Little Who exhibitions in all of these locations around you know, the south of England. Have a permanent Cyberman display on the St. Paul's steps mm. leading down to the Thames mm. where the Cybermen walked down the steps in the invasion. Because, I mean, that's a, that's a major place where, you know, Who fans visiting London will, will gather. I had a, a conversation with a friend of mine on social media who's, um, who's a game developer. Well, he's not a game developer. What is he? He's, a, he's an academic who teaches issues around game development. Mm -hmm. And he is attending, attending a kind of a gaming conference in London. And he was wanted advice from me on... Uh, he's never been to London before, um, kind of, you know, places he should visit in London. I said, well, you know, you could do Who locations. And um, he was excited to envisage that. And, I, and he's also going to be in Manchester for a couple of days. So what if you're in Manchester, go to Jodrell Bank, mm -hmm. which is the uh, the radio telescope, who was the, which was the, uh, right. the inspiration for the Pharos project in Logopolis. Mm -hmm. You could do a little Who, who exhibition at Jodrell Bank, you know, about regeneration and have, you know, the... The, the the burgundy costume on exhibition. So that's what I'd like to see. I'd, be, I'd like to see little kind of touches around the UK of on location who shows um, with original props and remade props so that when visitors go to, you know, a tourist attraction like the Big Pit or, you know, working piece of science like Chartrell Bank, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Doctor Who was shot here and here's some, here some original artefacts from the show. Um, here are some photographs, maybe some designs, um, and here's some remade props. And I think that would be a lot of fun. Would you link them all together then? So like you would take the village in West Sussex that they used uh, for Terror of the Zygons, and then you would, uh, I think it's East Hagford or whatever, for uh, Android Invasion. Yeah. And everything is close from an American perspective in uh, southern England. You would, you'd, you would have this... You you basically spend maybe a quarter or half a day at each location, and then uh, go to the next one the next day and spend yeah, overnight. Yeah, so, so I mean, kind Leeds, of... Leeds Castle in Kent. Make sure that people go to the one in Kent rather than up to Leeds. So the famous, the infamous Target Travel Without the Tardis book from the mid '80s, which was kind of this notoriously inaccurate publication for Americans about how to how to how to look at who locations. Um, mm -hmm. I would remake that. I get Richard Bignall on board, who did you know, this amazing um, Who location publication, and you know, the, the actual one that works, not 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 travel without the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. And it would be like an online thing, and you know, you could be, would you could, you could, I don't know, get a get some, get something stamped or something at every location you went to. And uh, Wookie, I mean, Wookie Hole has a. I haven't been to Wookie Hole for years. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure when I'm going to go to Wookie Hole again, to be honest. But, I mean, Wookiee Hull always used to have a Cyberman costume and just a little kind of, ooh, here's some the Doctor Who was shot here. Because, mm -hmm. uh, that, obviously, that's where they made Revenge of the Cybermen. And I'd do that. And I think, you know, and it would all be connected and it would be also part of the same network. And it would encourage Who fans in the UK, but I think particularly from, from other countries, to travel around Britain and experience the beauty of our natural environment and our built heritage and see how all that fits together with our favorite TV show. So you could, I think, start in London, since most, if you're coming from internationally, you'd probably be flying into Heathrow, which 
leads us into uh, the Tegan, yeah, Tegan time flight, Tegan Javanka, and then uh, head through South England, heading your way towards Cardiff, because then in and around Wales, you, you would have more new who locations and settings. Yeah, and I think a lot of those, lot of lot of those occasions might be a little. Some of those locations could be challenging. Um, there's the kind of Bad Wolf Bay location that they've used for. It's not called Bad Wolf Bay, but you know that's. Uh, I think that's that's what it what it was first used. A lot of those locations are kind of natural locations, so I think it would be hard to have um, something permanently on display at those locations. But hmm. you know the kind of built environment locations, I think, would be certainly possible. Um, uh, I'm, I'm less good on my new Who locations. I don't know if there's been a publication on on new Who locations than I am on my classic Who locations. But yes, head to Cardiff. You know, you stop off at Yeovil where they have a Concord. Um, so do, as I said, you know, do like a, do a, do a time flight, a small time flight display of some kind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think we all know these great locations and especially if they're built environment locations so locations that have an interior um, where something can be displayed effectively and safely without damage. Um that's my that's my that's my plan. Are locations like Stargrove Manor public properties, or are they? I think Stargrove's a conference center now. Okay. So no, but in this, we, okay. you know, I mean, we're talking about my kind of ideal, right? Uh, ideal exhibition, Stargrove. Here we go. Uh, so I would, um, yeah, I, it's a it's a conference center, but I'd make them, um, I make them be open, um, so we could have a, a, a Who exhibition there. Is what I do, and then you would rebuild like the pyramid from Pyramids of Mars, a pyramid spaceship in the courtyard or whatever. Yes. Oh goodness, here we go. So I'm sorry, Stargroves is in private hands. It says here on the mm. on the internet, and it is uh, owned by a member of the Sackler family. Boo. Um, so basically, we um, we take it from them um, <laughs> because we don't like the Sacklers anymore. Um, no, because they're, they're evil. <laughs> Um, yeah. And it would we'd be publicly owned, and and actually, here you go. This is what would happen. So Stargroves would be the kind of epicenter of of they'd be repossessed from the Sacklers, and it would be the epicenter of this kind of Doctor Who site specific exhibition network throughout the UK, and that's where we'd have all the stuff that we we couldn't put somewhere else. And, and Stargroves would become like this this kind of major Who uh, Central, <laughs> the Who Central, exactly. Yeah, it would be amazing. Uh-huh. Well, I think Ethel Hampton House is, uh, has at least tours on it now where they did Seeds of Doom. So you, we could do uh, a whole crinoid-type display there. Just just put a crinoid in the garden, exactly. And um, <laughs> people can... Uh, could run away it from wave, it. <laughs> it would wave a tentacle. Yeah, you could go up to it and then quickly run away, um, mm-hmm. and it would wave a tentacle at you. Um, and, 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 uh, and you'd have a Green Cathedral organ organ concert at noon. Exactly. There you go. You, that, that's a generic sci-fi quarry music music thing. But yeah. So um, so yeah. So that's the plan. That is the plan. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Yeah. I mean, so many great locations. Um, First off, I'm on board. Excellent. I good. think this is great. This would persuade me to come visit once again to England. I think this would be a a great a great tour, I guess. And um, I'm also surprised by the breadth of it, the, the scope. It's, it's, uh, it's breathtaking. Oh, it would be, it would be definitely a people's breath would be, would be, would be taken away and uh, luckily then also given back to them after, after it was taken. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think the scope, obviously it, was, it would require major funding 
we get kind of seed startup funding from the National Lottery Fund here in the UK. Um, and then it would be so popular that actually the government would then fund it um, on a permanent basis <laughs> as a as a major, major kind of tourist attraction for the UK. And it would be run by me. <laughs> I'd be the person in charge. And um, it would be just the greatest thing ever. And so many thousands of people would tour around Britain. You know, because there's this whole kind of, you know, especially American, you know, package tourists. You land at Heathrow, you get on a bus. They take you to Westminster Abbey. Um, they take you to Stratford-on-Avon. You see a Shakespeare play, you know, or you go to Warwick Castle, see the torture chamber, and then it's back to back to Heathrow, and, and then, you know, you're off to somewhere else. And So, you know, let's kind of break that break that model mm-hmm. and we'll have tourists you know go to um go to doctor who locations instead you know instead of instead of going to westminster Abbey, you go to st paul's which is better actually i like st paul's a lot better than and but you do view the cybermen mm-hmm. i'm steadily going to stratford um westminster bridge you get the daleks exactly exactly there'd be a permanent dalek on westminster bridge um <laughs> and people get that people get their t- photographs talk about instagram instagrammable social media it's just solid gold everyone loves that stuff and it'd be interactive anyway so yeah that's the plan so assuming you wouldn't get or didn't get national lottery funding is there a way that you could grow it bit by bit i guess yeah is there like a key number of sites you'd have to would it be like a a a bus tour type thing or yeah i mean i mean i I don't think there'll be an official bus tour but we would encourage people to take two or three days and there would be a map and you know kind of downloadable directions or something for people's phones um and you know obviously there'd be a london one which is kind of walkable with and also with public transport and then there'd be the kind of southern england and wales one um which i think uh, again um, i think would probably be based out of cardiff so you know, we'd have cardiff locations again which would be walkable but all by public transport but then both of those would kind of link up and then you'd have like a uh, a kind of southern britain kind of network with let's say 10 to 15 key sites mainly from classic who because that's the that's the who that i'm i'm knowledgeable about but also kind of um new who as well mm-hmm. um and for people who really want to get into it we'd have a little display in Lanzarote as well. So you'd get a, little, you'd get a plane <laughs> from Heathrow to the Canary Islands, particularly to Lanzarote. And I don't know, there'd be a, uh, we'd get Nicola Bryant in a swimsuit and she'd just have to be there the whole time. Um, <laughs> she'd love like sitting, that. Yeah. Just like sitting on a rock. Yeah. Um, and we'd just pay her to do that. I'm not sure what else you do for Planet of Fire. Uh, maybe there'd just be some costumes draped about. You need and, chameleon. Uh, and, you'd, you'd revive chameleon. Oh, we would, exactly. We'd leave. We'd leave Nicola Bryant in the UK, where she's very happy, and instead we'd just have a chameleon there, mm-hmm. um, sprayed silver, and it would just like kind of move its arms in an unconvincing way. Uh, that would be the display on Lanzarote. And and did 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 they do kill the moon on Lanzarote as well? They did as well. Yes. So you'd have some some moon spiders again would be there, and um, space dragon uh, eggs. Space dragon eggs. The, of course, the other thing we do, we'd also go to South Africa, and uh, there'd be a little display there. There'd be some evil scarves that would float around and attack you, um, but then you'd run away, uh, and they'd never be talked of. They'd never be talked about again about what the evil scarves <laughs> were. Uh, what else did they? Do? Oh yeah, the, the, they were the prophet of the uh, timeless child. Exactly. We'd have all that stuff down there as well. I don't know where in South Africa they filmed that. Yeah, it's in South um, Africa, again, the gateway where they picked up the timeless child. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd, yeah. Have, you'd have that there. 
and um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be sort of worldwide-ish, but not really. Yeah, going to Utah for impossible astronaut. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> Lake Silencio, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, yeah you'd, you'd have a spacesuit pose there. Um, I think a lot of this is to do with social media. So you just have kind of you know mm-hmm. objects placed, Pictures, yeah. placed around the world, and you take your picture in front of them and you know put it on Instagram. And um, Bob's your uncle, basically. Well, constraining this back to the UK, since I think that's more feasible, I think you'd probably start with William Hartnell and you'd have the various sites around London for the war machines as probably your your the, the one William Hartnell location that you'd be going for, or maybe also around the scenes for Dalek Invasion of Earth. Yes, exactly. So you'd have war machines, so you'd have you know, various sites around you know, kind of Sloan Square, those kind of, that kind of area. And then you'd have uh, Westminster Bridge and Putney Bridge for the Dalek invasion of Earth. And then you already mentioned St. Paul's Cathedral for the invasion. You'd have that be the Troughton representation and other scenes, I guess. I think Millbank Towers was also in there. Yeah, I think um, you'd also go to Goode Street. Oh. And and have the Goose Street Fortress. I mean, so you obviously none of the weather there was shot in the London Underground. But I mean, that's not important for this. It, it doesn't really matter for this. Yeah. Um. So you again. So you'd have a basically you'd have a, a little exhibition um in 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 Goode Street, which is you know right in central London, mm-hmm. um and very convenient. So I mean that'd be your trout and stuff covered. Yeah, and then Pertwee is uh, location rich. I think. Oh goodness, yeah. I mean, you go all over for 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 Pertwee. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even. I mean, we really, really co- sort of covered the Green Death. Mm-hmm. You'd go down to Portsmouth. And have some sea level locations. You'd have a little boat that would take you out to the to one of those uh, Martello forts, mm-hmm. and there'd, there'd be a sea devil there that would attack you. And then you'd have to you'd have to go away from that. Um, go to Dungeness for uh, yeah, Claws of Access. Exactly. Um, you've got a nuclear power station yep. uh, there. Obviously, you're in South Wales for the Green Death. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Pertwee is... Yeah. And, you, and you mentioned Aldbourne for the Devil's End. Yeah, it's it's a lot of location. It's a, yeah. yeah. And for Tom Baker, you mentioned Wookiee's Hole. Um, we have Dartmoor for the Santarin Experiment. Stargroves, Stargroves House. Mm-hmm. And um, Charlton in West Sussex for uh, the village that was used in Terror of the Zygons. I believe the inn still is there. Yep, I think it is. Um, you've got Leeds Castle for Androids of Tara. You've got Jodrell Bank mm-hmm. um, for the Pharos, Pharos Project. So you can spread all the way through the Tom Baker era. Um, for Davidson, you've got Heathrow and Yeovil for a Concorde for Time Flight. Um mm-hmm. What other Davidson ones could you do? Well, you have Trent Park, which was, uh, wasn't that the scene where the big obelisk was in uh, Modern Undead? Oh, yeah. Definitely do that. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have also the village, and the name is escaping me for the awakening. Yep. But but then you also have uh, the Shad Thames for uh, resurrection of the Daleks. Oh yeah, perfect. And there's actually, um, I think there's museums there already anyway, so it'd be very easy to connect those up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Colin Baker, you have the Ironbridge Museum up in Ironbridge where they shot Mark of the Rani. Which Rani one did they do there? Um, yeah, Mark of the Mark Rani. Of the Rani. Was that? Um, that, was, uh, that was at Ironbridge. Um, what, other, what, other, what other Colin Bakers could we do? We can't go to Seville. That's true. I mean, that would be the two doctors, but... Um, 
Let's just leave it at Iron Bridge. Um, there's the locations in Revelation of the Daleks, which... Oh, yeah. It's like it was the kind of Unilever research center or something, wasn't it? I believe we're in Hampshire. Yeah. But... Uh, IBM, something like that. Yeah. Some stupid computer thing. You know what they're like. <laughs> so, that's, uh, so that's Baker. And then just smashed right into McCoy. You go down to Devil's Punch Bowl. Um, in Dorset, in Dorset, um, Dorset, in Dorset for Curse of Fenric. Where else would you go? Where was the holiday camp in Delta and the Bannerman? Is that was that an actual um, location? I have no idea. I, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I'm sure we could go there wherever that is. Um, All the locations in London uh, around Hammersmith for Remembrance too. Yeah, we could go to what? Because they did. They didn't shoot. Um, Silver Nemesis at Windsor Castle, but we go to Windsor Castle anyway and just pretend that that's where that, that is where they shot. I think they shot Silver Nemesis at Arundel. We go down to Arundel, have the Silver Nemesis little display there. Um, I think the Millennium Dome is where you know all the kind of Cyberman action happened. Um, oh no, no, it's not Millennium Dome. It's out in it's out in Beckton. Um, I think all that's developed now. But anyway, you could have a little Silver Nemesis display there. You'd have to go to Perryville too, to oh yeah, for survival and for would. the ace ace pilgrimage. You could just get Hale and Pace <laughs> would have to, because I mean their careers are kind of shot now, so you know <laughs> they would just have to reenact themselves like over and over and over again in Perryville. Mm-hmm. It'd be lovely. Yeah, so I think it would work. I it, definitely it's, think it's, it would work. It's definitely def it's definitely workable. And, uh, yeah, make it happen, uh, BBC, National Lottery. <laughs> I'm sitting down and writing the application this very afternoon. you got to write the grant. Is it a grant? got to write the grant app. It's, it'll be a grant app. Yeah, it's, uh, no problem. I, we, we, we get a couple of million seed funding, and then, <laughs> bam, we're straight in there. Pare it down. Pare it down to uh, 14 spots. Two dozen. A dozen, 14, yeah. two, 24 I, spots. Yeah, yeah. great. I mean, there's nothing like going to an original location. It's nothing like is the wrong race phrase. I think it's the wrong phraseology. Um, it's it's it, you can't beat going to going to an original location, and to be able to kind of evoke some aspect of the show being shot in, in an original location. I think that's a. I really like that as an idea. Then you'd have to include a quarry, some quarry. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to pick the most used quarry or something, or a quarry that's still in existence, because a lot of the '70s quarries are have gone uh, disused, and filled in, dangerous, or become parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I can't think of a you know the, a quarry offhand, but you know, you build a little visitor center in one of the most favor famous quarries um and um mm-hmm. um have like like i'm saying you know star grows could be some kind of epicenter um you could also have a, a quarry visitor center or something maybe i don't know that's where the research comes in there you go exactly so that's my plan sold okay good <laughs> right Oh, good. You, 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 very nimble on your feet for that. I was uh, wondering where you, what you'd come up with, and you did not disappoint. Oh well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it is, it is kind of my job to come up with that kind of shit. So, um, uh, well, well done. Thank you. All right, and we look forward to welcoming all our American friends um to this new countrywide Doctor Who experience. Yep. From at least uh, from London through through the south of England all the way into Wales. Absolutely, absolutely perfect. 
Yeah, that's good. I, I would totally do that. I don't know how to make it happen, but I would love yeah, to do it. Yeah. I think that'd be great, especially never going to happen. Especially anyway, yeah. with the augmenting, you know, you'd have some Zygons at Charlton. And- well, you know what you do actually. It's, it's, it's the Apple thing that they launched yesterday. Those kind of weird Apple goggle things. That oh they, yeah. You know, yeah, but you'd have oh, the that VR ba- headset. Yeah. Yeah, you'd walk around and basically it would map Doctor Who stuff like onto your vision or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how all that stuff works, but yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 227 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I have been going on a traveling Doctor Who experience with Ben. And I have been uh, making stuff up with David. <laughs> uh, until next time. <laughs> Farewell. Uh, happy travels. Happy times and places. No good, we're hopelessly lost. I can't understand it. We followed the signposts, all right. And if we had, we'd have been there by now. You must have missed one. I did not. If you look at the map the right way up, we might eventually get there. Now, which way is it? Um, that way. Thank you very much. Just look at that sky. Just look at it. Do stop whistling, Joe. This is a good town. We're not out of the pleasure, George, you know? Sorry, Doctor. And if it is the master, we can't run the risk of losing him. You just keep your eye on the time sensor. Right. Doctor? Yeah? It's working again. What's the bearing? Uh, 074 and uh, 16.39 miles away. Well, that's Venusian miles, and Earth miles are to be at 72.79. Let's take a look at the map. Well, we're about here. Mm-hmm. That should put us somewhere around there. <laughs>